Hi, I'm Tiffany, and you are listening to the Legacy Lounge Podcast. If you are a high-achieving, mission-driven entrepreneur who wants to elevate your income, impact, and influence, you're in the right place. I left my corporate career as a creative director for Fortune 500 brands to create a legacy with my work and to support entrepreneurs to do the same. And I'm not talking about having your name on a building or statues in your image. I'm talking about leaving behind a positive impact and creating something enduring that can be passed on. You pour your time, energy, and passion into your business. So let's make sure your efforts will create a ripple effect that reaches far into the future. Each monthly series will guide you through the business, leadership, and life skills you need to successfully leave a legacy that stands the test of time. And each episode is totally valuable on its own. We are here to provide you with the tools and ideas to make massive shifts and quantum leaps in your business, transforming you from entrepreneur into legacy brand. So sit back, relax, and let's get into today's episode. This month, I am so thrilled to interview a legacy leader who is a truly amazing woman, Amanda Walker. Amanda is the founder of Best Damn Coach, where she guides women to be the best damn coach they can be. And the theme this month in the Legacy Lounge is reinvention. So I've asked Amanda to join us to talk about her own shifts in business and also how she helps women reinvent themselves as coaches and in life in general. So to start out, Amanda, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Same. And I would love to hear a little bit more about your journey and how you've gotten to where you're at now with being a coach's coach. Well, um, I mean, it goes back to, to when I was 15 years old. I took my first coaching job as a peewee basketball coach. So I was coaching four and five-year-old boys basketball and at a local YMCA. And for me, I'd had a lot of coaches already influenced me by the age of 15. And this was the first taste that I experienced of what it's like to be able to, you know, speak wisdom and, and breathe life into someone and be able to see them transfer that knowledge and to reach a, a you know, a greater potential. And it was only four and five-year-olds, you know, learning how to dribble and score a basket, but it gave me a sense of what that feels like. And I knew I desired more of it. And so if I kind of fast forward through the next, you know, 15, 20 years of my life, coaching has always been a role that I have taken on. I was a teacher formally trained, you know, and, and master's degree in both teaching and uh, coaching. And I coached various levels of athletics. I coached teachers, I coached CrossFit, other forms of group fitness, and then ultimately opened up my own kind of health and wellness practice where I was coaching women, you know, to better their health. And so through all of that, what I really stumbled upon, which kind of had been right in front of me the entire time, <laughs> was that really what I love is coaching the art of coaching. And marrying that now with the development of the skill of entrepreneurship. And that really helps, uh, that allows me to, I think, live in my genius. And it's taken me a little bit of time to kind of in a roundabout way, get there, but um, coaching, helping other coaches develop their mastery and voice of coaching, their confidence as a coach and figuring out when to pull, which, you know, tool out of the coaching toolbox is something that really, um, you know, lights my, like my brain on fire, my soul on fire. And that's kind of what led me to now. 
Amazing. Yes. And so you and I met in a mastermind and have since served each other um, in various ways. And so it's just so awesome to be on here today and really talking about this reinvention because I haven't known you for extremely long, but even just the years we have been together, I think we've both reinvented. And I think there's so much just in the planet right now of reinvention, but also in the entrepreneurial space. Like it's so crowded, especially after the last couple of years we've went through and more and more coaches coming into the space. And so what would you say to those women who are coaches and, you know, they're really thinking about how to position themselves or to be a better coach? What would you say is really that like number one thing that people should be focusing on? Mm -hmm. From my perspective, the number one thing we should all be focusing on inside of our business is creating client results. And some people listening to this, by the way, may not identify as a coach. So I do want to just call that out a little bit. But from my opinion, we are all coaches. If we are parents, we are coaches. If we are colleagues, we are coaches. If we are friends, we tend to even wear that the coaching role. You might formally identify as consultant, mentor, guide, healer, like that all kind of to the same bucket. Um, But I think that the most important thing that will set any of us apart over time is our ability to cultivate results. And I mean, like simple, simple version of this is you use Amazon. I know you do. (laughs) I use Amazon. Where is the first place we go to make our Amazon decisions? The reviews, right? Reviews, 100%. Yes. What did it work for people? What was the quality? Um, And so while I don't think that the market has really demanded that in the past, I think because of social media, we can just quickly go look at a picture and say, I want her body, coach me. I want her thing, coach me. Just because we're great at facilitating a personal transformation does not mean that we do a great job with facilitating somebody else's transformation. Mm, So I really think that uh, people are getting smart and it's taking more time and energy for us to cultivate trust and connection with our people. And so the way people are really sorting out is they're going to their friends, like, have you used, you know, have you worked with her? Right. Just like we send each other clients, they come to me and people ask, have you worked with Tiffany? And I am able to very openly and honestly say she's awesome. Right. And, and I think that energy is mutual. And so as coaches, we want to really make sure that we are doing our due diligence to cultivate results, not just go through the motions and say, this is our framework, do it or don't, but really to ask the deeper questions and to be really skilled at the craft of coaching, because I think in the end, this is going to be what sets us apart. Mm, So juicy, because I think if you would have asked even like three to four, maybe five years ago, people would have been like, yeah, results, you know, that's important. But, you know, as long as I'm guiding them and they're making progress, that's fine. But I think so many people have gotten burned, unfortunately, by coaches that haven't, you know, provided them results and or taken like all of the courses and have a course graveyard with no (laughs) results. And so people that can show up and truly do that, like you said, that's the ultimate form of business is like it's referrals have always been around. Yeah. And And that's not going away for going away for any of us. Right. And you and I both know those are the best clients to have, too, because they are all in. They know somebody's had success and they're just typically, honestly, ready to just say yes. 
hundred percent. So good. And so speaking of that a little bit deeper, and again, I think this relates like very good point. Not everybody is going to resonate with being a coach on here, but in some sense, we all are like, even as a branding expert, I'm a coach, I'm coaching my clients through the process of branding. So I want to dig deeper into this because I think people aren't necessarily talking about it enough of like what's changing and what's shifting and what's happening. So where do you specifically see gaps in the industry and, and why is it important more than ever to like reinvent yourself and really stand out? Yeah. I want to just share a statistic that the, the coaching industry is projected to be a 20 billion with a B billion dollar industry by 2023. So, you know, why, why is that happening is like the question mm -hmm. I ask myself and a couple of reasons. I think the coaching industry is unregulated. So the barrier of entry to join in is minimal. And I think that's amazing because that means like we're the land of opportunity. We can just decide something today and, and begin to carry it out tomorrow. The gap though, is that there isn't you know, hard credentialing that requires us to demonstrate proficiency in any skill sets. And so I think that we've lost a little integrity inside the industry because there are people that, let's just say, I'm just going to say this, that are deciding tomorrow that they're going to be a health coach because they're selling 500 calorie meals to people's doorsteps and they adopt that title health coach. They have no training in health. They're selling a product. They're not even administering a service. So you have this on one end, and then you have people like ourselves that are spending years honing our craft, studying NLP and hypnotherapy for two and three years, along with myself, many other modalities I've been studying and you know putting in my toolbox since I was 15. It's not an apples to apples conversation. 100%. And so then I realized for me, I was kind of complaining about it. And I just don't, I don't want to complain. I want to be a problem solver and I want to be part of the solution. And so the solution is bringing together coaches and not creating another certification. I mean, I love certifications, but we don't need certifications to gain confidence. We need freaking action and we need to come together as coaches and talk about some of the struggles we have and talk about how to gain confidence and really shift people. Like we're not... You know, we're not, I love surface transformation. It's important to get started, but if we really want to unblock people, we have to be willing to dive in. And so it's a long-winded way of saying, these are some of the things that I'm struggling with personally inside the industry. No, it's so good. And I think it's not being talked about enough, honestly. And I know you know you and I have talked about it like privately, but I think it's so important to have these conversations because people are thinking about it and and thinking it, they're just not necessarily saying it. And it is so true. And if you are a true expert, it is hard to watch and to, you know, somebody who just exclaims they're an expert one day and then, you know, you're not being able to serve the people who need your help. So it's so awesome. And I love that you're taking action on that. So, um, you know, I have to ask about legacy. <laughs> so when you think about legacy and we're thinking about reinvention here, why, you know, why is legacy important to you and what does it mean to you specifically? This is multiple. I think this has multiple layers for me. Um, I'm not sure where I heard this quote, but I think for a long time, legacy meant to me like after I die. And what I realized in becoming an entrepreneur is legacy means like while I am living. And so I want to have that opportunity to build that 
while I am here and I'm able to create, you know, impact on the lives of the people. And so I want a brand, I want my brand to represent that too, right? I want it to be timeless and purposeful. Um, I mean, which is why I, you know, you, you guided me into that um, brand wise, but I think legacy for me is not just about later. It's about now and being able to help people build legacies in their own life through coaching and, and, and impact as well. Um, but I think to go, you know, to piggyback off the, the conversation we just had is in order to create legacy, we want to be building results. That is going to be what withstands our brand over time. And I, I'm not here for a season. I'm not interested in overnight success. I want to be able to, I mean, keep this business running as long as I desire it to. I don't know what that looks like now, 10 years, 15 years, five, who knows? Um, but that to me is what legacy is really all about. Yes. I couldn't have said it any better because that's the the point is I think so many people get into the business and they're like, okay, quick success. And success is relevant to what you believe too. We all have our own forms of what we consider to be successful, but I love that legacy is what you're doing now, how you're impacting and the world needs it now more than ever too. We need amazing coaches to help people through all of the craziness of the world. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And it's just so, so beautiful and so needed. So let's talk a little bit. I can't help because we, you did go through the reinvention. This month is all about reinvention. So why do you think you touched on a little bit, but why do you think having a legacy brand is important? So, um, maybe we can talk a little bit about, you know, you were in the health space and we worked on your brand then, and then with the pivot and the reinvention, you then moved into the best damn coach, which was a natural evolution for you. Like you mentioned, it was like meaning to happen. I remember you telling me, you know, like you're yearning for that a while ago. And so as far as, well, I think we can cover it from two angles. Like how does that look for women who are say coaches and they want to transition? I think because you've done it so successfully, I think it would be beautiful for them to hear that first. And then we can come back and talk about the actual brand piece. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you for those um, sweet words, by the way. I, I think that um, I just want to say when it comes to reinvention, at least early on in my business, I felt to, to move away or to turn to something else meant like what I was doing before was wrong or that I had a perceived change in values or something like that, which was never the case for me. It simply became a discussion of energetic commitment and being pulled into worlds. And that was creating for me exhaustion because I was trying to create content for this avatar and do it really well over here and also create content for this avatar over here and do it well. And I think I was doing it well in both places, which is great. But for me, I, I felt like ugh, constantly pulled in, in two directions. And I remember very clearly that the pivotal moment for me was when some, some email list that I subscribed to um, just said, if you woke up tomorrow and it wasn't about the money and doing what you've always done, you know, would your business model look the same? And I thought, no, it wouldn't. I would be all in over here. And I've been business coaching and coaching coaches for three to four years. It's not like I or, you know, was like woke up today and was like, I'm going to do this thing tomorrow. It was just that I'm going to go ahead and let this health and fitness component of coaching just like it, it served me and it helped me take lots of learnings into this new area. But I'm, I'm done over here. Health and fitness is who I am. That's not going around. I'm still going to work out. I'm still going to preach that. I'm still going to teach that inside the lives of my entrepreneurs that I'm working with. Um, so I think there's step one is just giving yourself permission to evolve and to not bring any baggage around it, that that was failure, that that um, 
was lost or something, you know, wh whatever your, your thoughts might be about it. Um, and so that for me, and the moment I made that, we were literally in the middle of launch, by the way, <laughs> it was the least strategic time to do it. And it was also the best because I was able to announce this is my last cohort, which we literally wrap up. Um, we just wrapped up really. Um, and it felt just really congruent for me at time. And it wasn't, my team was like, wow, we spent all this time. Like, but they were a kind of agreement. Like it felt so good. We shed like 20 pounds. I feel like collectively. Um, so yeah, I think that if, if you're sitting with this and it's on your heart, there's a reason and you should just investigate it and make sure it's the right intention reason. Make sure it's not because you think there's more money on the other side of it. Make sure that there's not some other thing on the other side of it. It's more about you and, and your needs um, and your definition of success and service. Yeah, that's such a good point too, because I think sometimes we're pulled to like shiny objects and what we think, like you said, could bring more money or what would work better. So I love that differentiation of like, definitely be okay to shift if it's truly what you want to be doing. And I love that thought too, of like, if you woke up tomorrow, you know, would you, and you could do anything and money wasn't an object and all the things weren't an issue. Like, are you living in the business that you would dream of? And if you're not, time to check it out. And reinvention is okay. I think, like you said, we, we kind of beat ourselves up like, oh, I've been working on this so long and, and now I have to shift it. And, you know, we get systems in place and get all the things working and then it's like, okay, totally. now we have to reinvent vent the wheel, but that's part of evolving. And that's part yeah. of being a business owner and entrepreneurship. <laughs> and it's not been easy. I don't want to sugarcoat it. I mean, it's been successful and I've, watch some amazing clients come into my world since then. And a lot of cool things are happening. And I have truthfully an up-leveled feeling of confidence that I've never felt inside of my business, but it is a lot of taking steps back to take steps forward, including a reduction temporarily in revenue because we just halted like offer launches. And we're just focusing on, you know, one thing. And we've been working behind the scenes, like little, you know, busy bees trying to create a product of excellence. And I don't think that if I'm being real honest with myself, what we brought to the table was awesome. I don't know that it was of excellence though. And that wasn't because um, we couldn't, it was that we were devoted and not just me, but my team too, right? My OBM is overseeing multiple projects that are all going on simultaneously or multiple cohorts. Of, and we just can't, like, we just can't deliver, you know, that, that level of excellence. Um, and I think anybody who says they do, I, I mean, I'm curious about that, but for me, it's really a complete shift in up level. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that too, because I think people tend to question, you know, like success looks a certain way. And like we said earlier, success is what you think and you have the vision and it's already on its way. So to take that step back, slow down to speed up, you know, is where it's at because when you have a big vision, you're always going to wonder if how it will go, you know, and I know it's going to be amazing by the way. So, <laughs> um, so as far as the brand goes, I would just love to hear your perspective since you've been through the branding process and we did the, your old brand, and then we've shifted to the new brand, you know, how legacy fits in there. And I think this is important for people who have heard me talking about legacy a lot of the times, it's important because a lot of the foundational pieces are still in place. And I think when people think of legacy, they think, okay, I'm going to like have this foundation and I'm not allowed to change it because that's what I decide on. And yes, it's true that a lot of that isn't necessarily going to shift, but 
again, like we're saying, it's okay for certain things to shift, but the investment you put in to crafting the foundation is still there. So I just love to hear a little bit about your story and how that felt for you. Yeah. I mean, I learned so much about branding truthfully, just through you and working with you. And I came into business thinking like many do that in order to be a legitimate business, I need a logo and colors and a website until, you know, I, I, made my first website following YouTube. And I remember I was so, so freaking scared to hit publish. And I remember watching Google analytics and like the moment you hit publish and like zero, zero people visit your website. Right. And so to convey that, you know, I think we both send that message to people too, is that, you know, to, to be a profitable, bit profitable business owner. And that wasn't until I passed like the 50 K revenue mark that I even worried about a website. But I mean, I have many clients in the six figures that don't even have those pieces. And I share that only because what I did wrong from my perspective is I slapped together some stuff, you call it Frankensteining, and it really didn't represent who I felt like I was as a, a business owner. Um, and the, the feeling, right? And that's the thing I've learned from you is that a brand cultivates a feeling. And we know this, the moment we pop on the website, we get this sense of feeling. And so the previous brand really? that I cultivated was feminine and soft, because that's really what I was focusing on was women and their health and that health journey. And um, I, I got that feeling being on that site. What I realized, though, is that I wanted to convey a greater sense of confidence and power. And that's when I came to you as like, this is what I want to shift into. And you guys nailed it, honestly, right away. Um, so when you visit the site, you feel like, like, the, the, the feeling is, yeah, I freaking want to be the best damn coach. Like it just feels like power and energy. And that's the feeling I want when my girls, guys, you know, depending on the coaches come inside my community is that's the momentum and the energy and the belief that we instill in them. And so I think the brand is from start to finish. And it's important to, I think, tap into like, what's the feeling you want to feel when you experience that brand? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think you're right. You know, and it's okay if you're first starting out, it's literally, and we talk about this all the time. You know, if you're literally your first day in business, don't go invest in a, in a really crazy brand and because you will shift and change. And even if you do invest in it, like you did, I think the cool thing was like, yes, the visuals shifted quite a bit. You know, you got a new photo shoot. We redid the logo because it had a completely different name, but the foundations, like your values, your vision, all of those pieces that were below the surface that you work on and that people don't see, that didn't shift because Amanda's still Amanda (laughs) and you still have those same pieces. So um, I just want to make that really clear for everybody listening is, you know, once you invest in it, it's okay to do a refresh. It's okay to shift and know that if once you get the foundations done, which is the most important piece, because that's the feeling that Amanda's talking about, then it's not a big deal if you decide to change. So yeah, I have a really great visual for this that I teach clients all the time, just when it comes to messaging too. And I think it applies. Maybe I can offer it to you is like, I'm always Amanda, just like candy and the wrappers, right? Like when you have a piece of candy, the candy's kind of always the same, right? We just put a different wrapper on it as we evolve. Just like if we're hosting a workshop, right? Our core message is always the same. We're just putting like a different wrapper on it each time we offer it out there to the world. And I think that's similar to branding, not to say you're going 
have lots of wrappers over time, but you do flesh it out. The more you deliver and serve people, the more clear you get, but you are still your unique person with your set of values that shows up consistently. And so that's the beautiful thing about doing the work with you is you help get clarity on that, which I didn't really articulate in the beginning was really a part of branding, but I needed that part so clearly because um, that gave, I mean, it helped me in so many ways, right? I can just pull out my brand manual and I had like all the messaging there to repurpose for sales copy or social media or whatever the case is. And so I think there's, there's so much value in establishing that core piece first and then adding the aesthetic component afterwards. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that from your perspective. And as we kind of wrap up, I would love to just get one more tidbit for, those women out there, and I know, like you said, you may serve some men too, but primarily women that, you know, are really looking to up-level their results. And, you know, they may have heard you say like, okay, results are the biggest thing. And, you know, but I don't know how to get there. Like, how do I get better results or how, how do I use those results to get better clients? So do you have any tips and tricks on how to like, get the results. And then, well, of course, I know that's what you teach. So there's so much more, but a quick tip. And then also once you have the results, like what do you do with them to help grow your business? Sure. I mean, it is a complex situation, right? Cause it, it depends how you deepen the results. The one thing I will say about that is oftentimes we get a certification and it's focused on this thing. It's focused on NLP. It's fo focused on the LCS model. It's focused on somatics. It's focused on trauma informed, what, like whatever it is. And so then we take that tool and we try to force it into every situation as a coach. And that's where we actually don't deepen results sometimes. And so I believe in the like the mixed modalities. And so I just, the visual for me is you can't keep trying to use a hammer where you need a screwdriver, right? Or you need a saw. And so it's our job as coaches to fill the toolbox with tools. And then through action and coaching, we get really good at figuring out how to pull out the right tool in the right situation and just practicing, right? Sometimes we think it's a saw and then we're like, oh shoot, that's not a saw thing. That's like a <laughs> hammer thing. And I, you know, and so that, that's where I, that's where I see most coaches struggle is they're afraid to fail. They're afraid to do it wrong or worse yet. They're so blinded by this is the only way that they're not really getting their clients actual legit results because they're trapped mm -hmm. into this one modality specifically. Yeah, that, oh my gosh, that's so true. I think that's where so many people like if you think about people, even in marketing, you know, it's like, okay, this is the way that I made my million dollars. This is the way that you have to follow. And it's not right for everybody. So not all your clients are going to need the same tools. I love that. Yeah, so good. Absolutely. Okay. And then what about, so say they're like, okay, we're getting clients results. What do you suggest they do with those results? Yeah. So this is where it becomes imperative to convey to the rest of the world, right? What's actually going down inside of your coaching business. And I think this is where we fall off. We're so inundated with the delivery and being in, in the mix with our clients that they're having these amazing results and then we're not repurposing them. So this is a much longer conversation, but inside BDC, we really teach the act of learning how and creating systems around repurposing and sharing with the permission of the client um, their results. And so I kind of boil down when we think results, we think sometimes these 
formal testimonials that we put on sales pages and we put on, you know, website copy, which are great. We want those. But I think what's even more powerful is what I call informal results, which is the unsolicited feedback that our clients give us unprompted. So for instance, for me, you know, I've delivered some um, deep dive strategy sessions. These are like 90 minute sessions that we just offered as a bonus in our program. And I delivered two last week and right away within the next 24 hours, both people reached out to me with these lengthy messages about clarity and how excited they were, right? And they did this via email or Voxer or whatever. And so those are powerful because they're unsolicited, they're super authentic, they're super organic. And that basically says, hey, Amanda works with real humans. She's not making some stuff up, right? right? <laughs> um, and I think that we miss out on those opportunities. So we, we teach how to create those systems, how to capture them, where to capture them, um, and how to repurpose them intentionally um, and create a system for repurposing so that people, you know, see that over time. Because remember, like the journey to becoming, you know, but from the moment a person discovers your work to becoming a client of yours could be years, right? I, I just got this email from someone that I've been sharing on my social media that she'd been listening to my podcast for two years and it was the right offer that came at the right time. And she was like, I'm literally shaking, saying yes to you. This is the most exciting thing I've ever done in my business. Like, I'm so excited to work with you. She literally was like, forgive me if I feel shaky. My voice feels shaky when I see you. <laughs> it was so sweet. Aww. But I share it because I think this is more common. Let less people just say yes out the gate, right? right. Fewer people say yes right away. More people need to build that trust. So Absolutely. we will be planting seeds for them to see that we are legitimate. We are an expert in our space and position ourselves and let them see the various problems that we're able to solve for people so that that trust does get established over time. And I just think that people don't make this a priority or not people, well, probably a lot of business owners don't make it a priority, especially when you're a, you're small in the beginning and you don't have a lot of team to support you um, and you're trying to do all the things yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's so brilliant. And I think it's just the way that you do it too, because I've seen people sharing results, but they're just like, it's like a post with a picture of them. And I just did this for my clients and it's like, okay, but there's no proof of that. Or it's just like, it just seems weird that they're just randomly saying that. So I love that you're actually repurposing true content that's already out there. So, yeah, so awesome. All right. So as we wrap up, um, just wanted to give a final note to all of you that are listening that if you are in a space of reinventing where, um, you know, close to a new year and Amanda and I are just sending so much love to you because I think New Year's and the beginning of New Year's just brings so much reflection to our businesses. And it's a really good time to sit down and think about that. So even if it is like implementing, you know, more um, referral-based programs in your business or really focusing on those um, shout outs that your clients are giving you, like what's one small thing you can do to move the needle or do you need to really like reinvent yourself completely? And that's okay too. Um, so my final question for you, Amanda, is what are you most excited and proud about creating or doing that will stand of the test of time? I, I think that the conversation we've had today really points direction of how to stand out as a practitioner, a coach, 
And in a saturated market, I think this is the, you know, the thing that we want to focus on in ourselves is how do we stand out? And that is through cultivating, you know, deeper client results, right? And positioning ourselves as an expert. And so I teach how to do this inside of a free workshop that I uh, will offer to your people too. Um, but I think it's also like goes in alignment with it's an evergreen, right? Which is legacy building to me. When we have something that's out there all mm -hmm. the time that withstands the test of time and always stays relevant, I think we should think of this inside of our own businesses too, with the way we position our offers, our free content. So um, if you want to learn more about how to stand out, you know, in a crowded market, when it comes to coaches and practitioners, um, my, you can grab my free workshop, which is at amanda-walker.com forward slash standout. Amazing. Thank you, Amanda. We'll also put that, of course, in the show notes. And remember, if you're not consciously building a legacy, you're simply building a brand unconsciously. I hope this chat with Amanda inspired you to take action, even if it's simply moving the needle just a little bit in the direction of your legacy, because if we all focus on making an impact, the ripple effect we have together will truly make a difference. So thank you, Amanda, for being here today. Thanks for having me. I love being with you. I'll see you here next time in the Legacy Lounge. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Lounge podcast. Connect with me on Instagram at Tiffany Newman Creative. I would also love to hear your feedback to see what resonates with you and what you'd like to hear in the future. If you love this episode, please provide a review and we will be forever grateful. You can always find links and resources shared on the show by going to yourlegacybrand.com. Remember, what you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. What are you doing today to pour into others and to leave your legacy?